Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. You're listening to Text Message, the UK-focused technology podcast with me, Nate Langson. And me, Ian Morris. And continually brought to you by you. Um, thank you to our patrons for supporting us every week at patreon.com slash UK Tech. You guys are amazing. You're basically the reason that we're still around uh, or still able to be around. Um, so if you are one of our patrons, then you're listening to our extended, longer, extra stories cut of this week's show. If you're not yet a patron but would like to get the extended versions, uh, the weekly columns or our unedited raw versions which um, some of our, our patrons have head to patreon.com slash uk tech uh, find out how you can support us it's as little as a one us dollar per episode um and everything helps us keep the show going thanks to our new patrons miles clannell and dale um who have uh, backed us uh, within recent days and um, that's fantastic and thanks to everyone who's been sending us um welcome back messages as well it's really nice i had one from michael kepper a long time uh, backer of ours who says welcome back enjoyed your return to podcasting happy that you took a break to recharge uh, been anticipating your return with eagerness best wishes to you nate on your upcoming marriage Thank you, Michael. Yes, it's oh, in, that's sweet. Yeah, it's in two weeks, just over two weeks. So I'm, I'm in deep wedding-related uh, anxiety right now. What's, I mean, not as bad as Kate, to be fair. She's really having an anxiety time. Um, so thank you to everyone who's um, who's left us some messages. Um, we ha- we had a few messages as well, um, which we're going to get to within relevant stories in the show. But one of the things I wanted to mention actually came in from our listener Ajelos, who's in US in the US. Um, he hosts the Tales of Tamriel gaming podcast, which I'm um, a occasional um, co-host of. Um, and on the last on last week's show, we did talk a little bit about how US sales tax works, and Ajelos got into let us know. Um, how it works uh, he says he sent a very long message he said about 45 states collect tax uh, collect sales tax and 38 of those um, collect a local sales tax on top of the the federal one so it, it really does differ from state to state so it's yeah. really interesting and thank you jealous for um, for sending us the um, explanation of how that worked it, it cleared it up I won't I won't read the whole thing out because there'll be a lot of listeners who don't want to spend two minutes listening to how tax works um but safe to say i now know how it works in the u.s and i'm very very grateful indeed um let's crack on i think with the news um and we would otherwise start uh, the news by talking about our views on the new iphones uh, the iphone 8 because ian and i um both have them but we've only just got them so we thought rather than doing that this week particularly since we spent so much time talking about apple last week we're going to save that for a later episode when we've actually had time to get into the meat of the product I've, I've got it in my hand though can the, you i haven't got mine here can you the eight plus can you tap it well I, I can tap the box which is but i can't tap the thing because i've got to do an unboxing video oh because you literally just got <laughs> it's it, in yeah. the box yeah mine's, in, mine's elsewhere just arrived yeah fair enough um so instead of talking about that this week we're going to start off talking about dogs and specifically dogs noses it might be an unusual topic uh, for this show might but be- all right it is um devon and cornwall and dorset police they're down in the south um have begun utilizing special fbi trained sniffer dogs that have been specifically trained to detect hidden storage devices this is according to a story on engadget now they would need a warrant to the police in order to take dogs 
into a place. I, I'm sure the dogs don't get left out on the street and they just go and find paedophiles. Um, but that is ultimately the goal here, in a way. Um, these are called Digital Storage Detection Police Dogs. That's their official title. And they're used by some police in the US already. But these British dogs have resulted from a collaboration between um, Devon and Cornwall and Dorset Police and the US authorities, um, which started in December last year. There are two dogs. One's called Tweed. He's a 19-month-year-old, 19-month-year-old, uh, 19-month-old Springer Spaniel. Uh, and then there's one called Rob, who is a 20-month-old Black Labrador. And their job, apparently, quote, is to track terrorists, paedophiles, and fraudsters by tracing unique chemicals found in hard drives, USB sticks, and SD cards. Now, they'll have to get the warrant to get into a house, and then the dogs will go and sniff out the hidden storage devices. Because I'm assuming that, you know, terrorists and paedophiles, some of them are smarter than just to keep their stuff on their computer's internal hard drive. They're probably putting it on external stuff. Um, and certainly we've had stories about the use of the cloud and encryption and things. So these dogs are doing something that the humans can't necessarily do. But they're doing a job in the same way to how they sniff out drugs, which I think is a, you know, it's really interesting. It's a novel new use um, for, for poochers, don't you reckon? Yeah, I do. Um, and I mean, I, well, I mean, I, I was kind of annoyed by this story when I read it. Why am um, I not surprised? Well, I, I just, I mean, I, I get it. You know, I mean, I, I, I can see that I can see the need for it. But um, I don't know. It's just another thing, isn't it? That, but, but I can't understand how this is going to help that much. I, I don't believe that people will be stupid enough to leave incriminating evidence lying around. I mean, OK, some of them will. But, some of them know, will, because some of them are A, stupid, and some of them are B, <laughs> tech illiterate. Um, and so some people will be found this way. You know, people yeah, do they, the same with will, drugs. They try and hide their drugs. And sniffer dogs have been used for years to sniff out drugs and, and other contraband. My only concern, really, is that what will ultimately happen is that we'll see them, you know, like pe people will be sniffed out in airports because they've put all of their... Uh, content on on a, on a USB stick because they don't want customs to search their phone, so they've got all their stuff on a USB stick instead. I don't know. I, I'm starting. I'm starting to really dread international travel now uh, because of all all the restrictions placed on phone. In fact, I'm I'm dreading it so much that I went to the effort of setting up an Apple iPhone profile, um, like a, a separate. Um, thing on my you know a, a backup just of a fresh phone thinking that if i go somewhere now i would just flash that onto the phone um and then you know walk through customs and then when i get there I just download my traditional image um but i mean that's a bit unworkable because it's like 18 gigabytes or something ridiculous these days um so you know i don't know i maybe i'm just being overly paranoid but the, but i do not like the idea um, and I'm, I'm not saying this is what they're going to use these dogs for because it's absolutely perfectly fine to get a warrant and go into people's houses and I have no objection to that whatsoever. In fact, that is the gold standard, really, isn't it? Having a co the correct warrant and going places and doing things. It's better than all this sort of, we're going to read all your WhatsApp messages. Um, so, you know, I, I, as long as it's used properly, I obviously don't have a problem with it. If it's misused, then, you know, that becomes a problem. But it's good yeah. that dogs are, you know, once again proving that they're amazing. Yes, it is, and and I, you know, I don't. I think the 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 program is it's not to be sniffed at. Um, oh, you know. nice. Will we see more dogs doing this in Britain? Who knows? Um, however, there is some precedent, by the way, set. I'm sorry, everyone, cancel your Patreon accounts. It's, it's taking it too far. Or increase them and I will do more. <laughs> but you know, in the 1800s, Royal Mail, you know, in um, 
in the UK. It used to employ, officially employ, cats. Um, there were three that appointed to something called the Money Order Office in, in London. And they, like the the the, the sub postmasters as they were they were called back then who were running the you know the 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 cat's lives if you like they could actually claim expenses um for the upkeep of these animals um there was according to an article i read um on the londonist there was even discussion over whether a family allowance for cats that had kittens should be permitted um and uh, there was a cat who was paid two s what two shillings six d what's d pennies Pens. yeah old pennies old pennies um per week he was called tibbs until he died in 1964 uh, the last cat ever employed at the post office headquarters was called blackie he died in 1984 so it's it's just i don't know it was an anecdotal related topic but we've yep. got a, a lovely history of uh of employing animals um in the uk i think and, and treating them well well we and... do not remember when we were at cnet there was talk about getting an office cat that would um oh, because we had all the mice yeah because we had the mice and, yeah. and but unfortunately you can't do it because people have allergies but uh, it's very common that never stopped um, us having dogs in the wide office we had three at one point yeah that's great i i think i think animals should be in, in, encouraged but obviously if people have very severe allergies it becomes an issue um but they use them even if even if people are allergic to them they do use them in office blocks they will often set cats loose in basements and uh, let them run around and catch mice i don't know how efficient it is as a way of catching mice well i mean they've been doing it on boats for hundreds of years true and my 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 little uh, cats are really good at catching things had a fair few mice and an elephant shrew and a very pretty bird and a less pretty bird and i think something oh less and about five spiders well our old siamese once managed to catch a frozen chicken from the neighbor's fridge but that's a story (laughs) for another day Um, that's impressive if you have any views on animals being employed uh, or any views on uh, these dogs noses and what they're going to be sniffing out um, do send us an email and next week we will read out anything that was sent music fans Rejoice, that includes myself. London's Islington Assembly Hall, great venue, has become the first in the UK, it seems, to commit entirely to scrapping paper tickets and going all digital. All of its tickets will be sold through the mobile app Dice. This is according to a story on Engadget UK this week. Now, tickets are linked to this app, which already exists. It sells digital tickets, but it means that they can't be posted for resale on second uh you know third party sites uh, but also crucially it can't be sold to street level ticket touts who sell them for a much higher price generally um and Engadget- you um transfer them to another person i think you can but i don't but what i don't think you can do is you can't you can't sell them anonymously over the internet for, for right. a high premium and there are you know reasons why you think well why would you want that you know why wouldn't you want that flexibility um jamie rigg who wrote this story for engadget says that this works in a, in um an attendee's favor because it means you'll only ever pay list price for the yeah. ticket you're never gonna you're never gonna get to the point where which happens a lot now where bots automated machines go around all these ticket websites buy them up in bulk on behalf of touts so that they effectively sell out or sell out what remaining tickets are there and then sell them on third-party sites for a giant premium. It happens so much, in fact, it's going to be a criminal offence under the Digital Economy Act, like to specifically for automated bots to go around all these sites. In the UK, that's going to be made illegal. So this is sort of a way, another way to sort of circumvent this. 
To me, though, it doesn't get to the real root of the problem in the ticketing business, which is the fact that I feel the ticketing business is still something of a scam. Because if you've ever booked a relatively cheap ticket and then had to look at the amounts you're paying and things like, you know, transaction fees, booking fees, um, you know, all this stuff, delivery. I've paid. I've had to pay a delivery fee for a ticket I printed myself. And if that yeah. doesn't tell you there's something wrong with industry, then I don't know what will. And it's one well, of these it's... industries where it, it is it's ripe. It's never the, I don't believe there's any industry more ripe for companies like Amazon, Google, Apple, you know, that sort of caliber of business to come along and say, you guys are terrible. There is a better customer friendly solution to this and we are going to offer it and yeah. baking it somehow into their phones. I mean, Amazon does sell tickets um, and there are many apps on the app store that have done tickets quite well. I remember that Yplan was a really interesting sort of last minute booking service, but they made the ticketing process so pain free that you almost wanted to use it just because it was great. And I think that something like that really needs like to happen. Things like Eventbrite are pretty good, aren't they? Like, I mean, that's a relatively painless process. They are good, but but you tend not to be buying tickets for for gigs and theatres. No, and but stuff why? But that. why not? I mean, you know, it, it sends a ticket to your phone automatically. It reminds you you've got a you know an event upcoming and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, I I don't know. You can I know you can print out Eventbrite tickets. Um, but I, I suppose there must be a way for them to prevent that from happening. There probably um, is. And there are. And, 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 you know, the reason it happens, I mean, it's a very old business model, but it's largely because, you know, the promoter sets the price of the ticket and then, the you know, the venue is being paid to have them there. But then the venue needs to make money off the sale of the ticket. So they add a bit on and then but then it, it's, it, you know, that's sort of OK. But it's the amount and, you know, booking fees per ticket. It's it's. It's a horrible, horrible system. And every time I, I book it, I, I feel like I'm getting slightly robbed, you know. And there have been a couple of occasions in the past, uh, one in particular, where the booking, the total of fees came to almost the same price as the ticket because it wasn't a very expensive ticket. And it was just the most frustrating thing in the world. Andrew WK, a rock, who's a rock star, ah. has got um, a new album coming out next year. And I got an email through for his new tour and it says in there, like one of the features is it's just one fee, no matter what you're booking. It's just one standard flat rate fee for, for a booking. No ridiculous extra charges, no um, hikes per ticket or anything like that. And it's a very customer friendly way of doing it. And so yeah, it is. I'm happy to see initiatives like this taking place because, and, and, you know, why it's not disrupting? Why not do it like the airline thing where they where they said, right, OK, so you're you're just not allowed to charge people extras like the, the price that they see has to be the price they pay. And you're welcome to build in the costs um, to the tickets, but don't go telling people a ticket is £20 when actually it's £30. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so it's and good, that, you know. I mean, and, and I, I'm all for venues being paid properly and having money, you know, because obviously oh. it, without venues, we can't carry on having gigs. This is, this is it. It's not, a, it's, not a, it's not actually about... Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's, it's not that I'm against these companies making money. I'd rather they charge the money so they can stay in business so I can keep going to gigs. It's just that the way that it's implemented and, and things like paying delivery fees for tickets you print yourself, it's like, just don't do that. It's just a really horrible experience and it's, it's, it's just a painful system. So I think we will get away from it because at some point somebody will fix the problem for them and they'll play catch up, you know, like the music industry did with DRM. But for the time being, uh, it's at least nice to see some venues saying we're going to go digital only and we're going to solve the tout problem because 
that's that's great and i and i believe the dice app is actually very good i've not used it myself but i've heard good things but let us know if you've had any bad experiences with uh, with booking tickets um it's always interesting to hear um, horror stories or great stories podcast at natelangson.com Short on this because um, we we didn't really mention much about this last week when we talked about the Apple Watch, but it was a question in and I had on our lips for a little while, which is whether the the new 4G Apple Watch will allow roaming because. At the moment, you can only use it on one network in the UK. And as we talked at length about last week, most networks across Europe, uh, or most countries across Europe, rather, um, that have the Apple Watch 4G have only got it on one network. And it made me think, well, what happens if you roll, roam onto one of the networks that doesn't support it? And it turns out it will not work with roaming, um, not even with EE's existing roaming partners. It won't work because Apple says it won't work. And I didn't realize this initially, but Apple has put a uh, a page on the website, on its website, um, that specifically says, quote, roaming is not available outside your carrier network coverage area. Now, why is this, do you think? Well, I've got a theory on this. Okay. And it goes back to what we were saying last week about why the networks that are supporting the watch are supporting the watch. Because they had to physically change something fundamentally in their network in order to support the technology that the watch needs. Which yeah. means they can't permit roaming because, for example, EE may have roaming agreements with Vodafone or T-Mobile in Germany. But Vodafone and T-Mobile in Germany might not have the Apple Watch supported technology, which means the watch won't work. So the only way they can guarantee it works is by saying it just works in your home country. And yeah, when, you're a, when you're abroad, the watch will still tether to your phone and you'll get all the same notifications, but you can't leave your phone in the hotel yeah. and go for a walk in the street. No. You know, in Barcelona, which is known for muggings, uh, and just take your... Um, and just take your Apple Watch. You know, you you can't do that. I'm sure you will at some point, because as we talked about last week, this sort of technology seems like the obvious next step for the industry um, as wearables and second and third devices and stuff become, become more commonplace. And I think once there's kind of a critical mass of networks having this supported, then it's in the it's in the network's interest to offer it because it's a it's a marketing thing. It's a great yep. selling point to say you can roam if you take this out on our network. At the moment, they don't need to because they've got effectively an exclusive um yeah so. and plus like you said it doesn't really matter like the the number of people who are going to be in a foreign country and away from their phone is so magnificently small that i it, it doesn't really make any difference i suppose the argument could be made that perhaps a certain kind of person just wants to go on holiday and leave their phone at home and just have their watch with them um and actually not bother with the phone and just see what's going on casually as it happens on your watch but mm. i again those people probably don't really exist no. Well, people that do exist are people who are buying the Apple Watch. And we asked you to get in touch, and a few of you did. Um, in particular, uh, Stephen Huxtable um, got in touch with us, one of our patrons. Thank you for, for supporting us, Stephen. And he says that he's replacing his Series 2 Apple Watch, the aluminium black, uh, with a stainless steel black 4G. He says, why? Well, it's faster and has a more scratch-resistant screen, and it's got a red dot on the crown. I don't know if they're good enough reasons to, to, to buy it because he didn't mention because I want to use it without my phone. No. You know, but, that um, would have been my first reason for buying the 4G is because I want to use it away from my phone. Maybe it's implicit in the message. I don't know. But um, but it's interesting to, to hear that. What are you going to do with the Series 2? Also, because I've only got a Series 1 and I'm probably not going to buy the Series 3. So, uh, well, so 
well, here's my here's the other thing. Of course, it could be, and although I mean, he doesn't exactly make this easy. Uh, but it could be that there are people out there who would quite like the Apple Watch who perhaps um, don't, like, maybe they have... Uh, can you pair an Apple Watch with an iPad? No. Because mm. I was going to say, would it, is it possible that people would be using it without an Apple device? Uh, but they, no. they can't really do that, can they? It would be very stupid to do that because, as far as I'm aware, you can you can't really even set up the watch without. No, I don't think you can. That, that was that was why I wondered if you could do it on an iPad because that would kind of be kind of useful because then you maybe you you know you you would have all the Apple stuff, but you but you would, wouldn't want to buy an Android Wear watch, say, but you have an Android phone and you just fancy the Apple Watch. I don't know. Probably again, it's probably a small use case, but just an idea. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, St- Stephen also said he wasn't going to buy a 4K Apple TV um, because he doesn't have a 4K TV, which is a very good reason not to buy one, to be perfectly honest. But he says he's looking forward to benefiting from the new TV app um, and Amazon's uh, soon inst- installation on the on the Apple TV. That was a horrible way of phrasing that. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, let us know your thoughts. If you're buying anything uh, that we've talked about this uh, this week, of course, podcast at natelangson.com. A quick one here to, to finish up because um, it intrigued me and Ian was intrigued by it too. This was a story that I saw on Torrent Freak um, this week that apparently a million pirate boxes, pirates in quotes there, have been sold in the UK during the last two years. Now these are the devices, set-top devices, that are typically loaded um, with software called Kodi, which is technically legal, I believe. Um, yeah, yeah, of course. But is. is but is augmented by a lot of third-party add-ons um, that that often are not legal and it allows the legal Cody thing to do a lot of illegal stuff but in a very very convenient way and apparently millions of people are buying them across the UK and in fact the UK is one of the countries most affected uh, or to put it another way the UK is the most addicted to buying illegal streaming boxes um which I find very interesting. I mean, I've never used, I've never even seen one of these. I've never used Cody. Uh, I have no idea how it works, actually, to be perfectly honest. I don't know if you can explain it, Ian. Not implying yeah. you have one, because I don't no, even no. know if you have. But I wrote about it loads, actually, when I was doing my stint at Gizmodo recently, um, because it's big news and people are really interested in it. Um, Cody is, 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 it was what became of Xbox Media Center. So years and years ago. XBMC, the, of course. Yeah. So when the first Xbox came out, people found a way of getting this sort of image onto it that would allow them to watch media. Uh, because the Xbox One was a really powerful piece of gear at the time and could play back uh, TV and stuff like that really easily, like if you had downloaded TV shows and stuff like that. Um, so they developed this thing and it, on and on it went. And as time went on, they developed it and then they realised they couldn't copyright XBMC. So they changed their name to Cody. Um, now, interestingly, if you've heard of Plex, Plex is an offshoot of XBMC uh, and obviously Cody. Um, so Plex and Cody do similar things, but they do them in very different ways. Plex is a much, much easier system to use. If you're a, a, a normal user, Plex is a simple server um, and then a, a client, which you can run on phones and TVs and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's a lot more widespread as well. Cody has a lot more flexibility for people who are really into doing various things. There are IPTV plugins and stuff like that. And a lot of the piracy centers around these little IPTV plugins. Um, the, uh, you know, the relative copyright 
companies are, are shutting down a lot of these plugin sites or they're suing the owners um, for doing things like particularly one of the big things is like premium IPTV. So uh, like Sky had a problem with card sharing where people would uh, share their uh, subscriber card over the internet so you would get the encryption key uh, and plug it into a Linux box and then you would be able to watch Sky for free or for a very low cost. People are doing the same thing with IPTV. So someone somewhere is taking a live feed of BBC One and they're distributing it out um, over the internet and giving it, you know, people are probably not paying for that one, but getting it for free. And there are lots of premium channels and a lot of them are available for free uh, or for a monthly fee to these pirates. And so obviously it causes a huge amount of consternation with the rights holders and people watching free sport is really the issue. And a, a sport is driving a lot of this kind of frustration and hatred towards um and that's, and that's because they keep such a stranglehold on their their deals and exclusives yeah. don't they because they pay so much for them they you know quite rightly want to make sure they're getting the most out of it but it means people who don't subscribe to the right one or don't subscribe to any are going to be looking for where can i get the match that i you know for my team or or what have you i'm guessing yeah, i've already said more about sport than i'm really qualified n- to say no and, that, and that's the thing and you know look, i mean there's there as long as there has been tv there has been a way for people to watch certain things without paying for it and you will never ever stop that i know that fact the federation against copyright theft or whatever they're called these that's, days that's what it stands um, for you know is uh it, it, they are full of what's the way to put it excrement uh, i noticed that did, 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 uh, the, your the second euphemism of the day yeah the statement here is just absolutely ridiculous well this i mean this this statement I mean, there's two things i mean the new the story that we're that we're talking about came from a um a, a study a press release or what have you from the fact group which obviously you know has a bias in favor of saying how awful piracy is on behalf of the copyright in- industry um but the, the the number the million pirate boxes actually came from the intellectual property office um which had said to fact for its report quote at a conservative estimate we believe a million set-top boxes with software added to them to facilitate illegal downloads have been sold in the uk in the last couple of years so conservative estimate being it's probably at least a million but it may well be more and fact had said again quote in contrast to drugs streaming services provide a relatively steady and predictable revenue stream for these criminals while still being lucrative often generating hundreds of thousands of pounds a year they are seen as a lower risk activity with less likelihood of leading to arrest or imprisonment yeah, i mean that that certainly is probably it seems fair well it 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 does but what you've got to understand is that none of this is particularly easy to achieve so i mean i'll give you an i example. would imagine I, that it is definitely less risky to sell set top boxes to sports fans than to sell crack to children no but in I, my experience yeah but you see you've you, yes but you what you've done there is you've assumed that anyone has tried to sell crack to children which is I mean, it's unlikely. Uh, children don't have a lot of money, so crack buying is not really an option for them. Well, as you and I know, your first crack hit is always free. <laughs> That's true. Most of your, your your drugs will be free the first time. Um, I think the point is um, <laughs> that, you know, uh, it's... I, I'm almost lost for words. I'm looking forward to the end of this sentence because the setup was terrific. Oh, it was, it was good. I think it's going to peter off into nothing. The... the I mean, the idea that this is 
they, they're trying to con- compare and contrast with drugs, aren't they? They're, they're trying to put it in our minds that these hardened criminals are people who uh, who are pretty much like drug dealers. They're, they're essentially, you know, uh, funding terrorism, essentially. Um, again, failing to appreciate that part of the reason that we have drug dealers is because people want drugs and have difficulty getting them any other way. Like, drug dealers fill and serve a purpose and they fill a need, right? So... Obviously, there are a lot of people in the world who cannot afford to pay Sky £70 a month for sport. And they think, you know, and I, and I, obviously, there is no moral way you can argue anything other than, you know, piracy is or illegal copyright infringement is bad. But at the same time, if you are, you know, a low income family and you, you know, you don't have a lot of spare money and you think, I could get one of these Cody boxes and my, I could watch football with my kids on a Saturday, um, you know, that is. You can see how people think, you know what, I can't afford Sky. They're not losing anything here. I, You know, I can't be paying this kind of money. And OK, there are other ways you could go to a, a pub or something. But, you know, they're, they're not great places to be spending all day on Saturday with your kids or whatever. You know, I there are plenty of reasons. And sport is very expensive. And, you know, that that's another entire debate. But perhaps the problem isn't so much the people using Cody boxes as the cost of the thing. Well, if you have got one of these things, um, we'd be very interested to know, um, you know, how it works for you why you've got it what it does uh anonymously is, is totally fine we'll, we'll be completely confidential just let us know um in your email if you don't wish to be named that's um that's that's fine but you can you can trust us um and um we'd just like to know a little bit more about sort of you know how much are they costing and and where are you buying them from and, and how are you using them how's your family using them podcast at natelangson.com well, that's the end of our news um, for this week. Uh, thanks, everyone, for uh, for listening and uh, and writing in. Podcast at NateLangson.com, at TextMessagePod on Twitter. Um, thank you again, of course, to our patrons um, for supporting us um, uh, for another week. Do give us a chance. Just check it out. Patreon.com forward slash UK Tech. You can find all the details there about the show, how you can support us. There's no commitment. You know, you could support us for, you know, a couple of weeks, see if you like it, um, and, and it's fine. And if not... Go back to the free version. You know, we're going to keep the free version there for a reason. Uh, and we love the people who listen to that and leave us reviews and tell their friends. It's what makes the whole ecosystem work so well. Um, this week on our extended cut, we had a fantastic talk um, about Google buying um, parts of HTC smartphone business. We went into quite a bit of detail about that, the history, compared it to the Nokia purchase by Microsoft and Google's purchase of uh, part of Motorola back in the day. Uh, we also talked about a really interesting story about the British smartphone maker bullet um which makes phones with the jcb and cat brands doing really well and now seemingly being the only manufacturer in britain making phones and they just happen to be making ones that are specifically designed for people who are going to drop breeze blocks on them potentially so some really interesting stuff all available at patreon.com slash uk tech and thank you no matter how you listen for listening let's check in with tom Merritt on daily tech news show and hear though what's been going on in the wider world of tech this week tom Great to have you guys back. This week on Daily Tech News Show, we continued to explore the Equifax security breach and talk to an expert about why enterprise security seems to be so darn hard for so many companies. We gave our first impressions of iOS 11, talked about the launch of the Overwatch League, Go London, and discussed the growing backlash against big tech companies. All this and much more at DailyTechNewsShow.com. Back to you, Nate. Thank you, Tom. Okay, Chief, that's going to do it for this week. Um, 
It's uh, it's been it's been my pleasure. I don't know if it's been yours. It, it certainly so, has. Yes, it's been mine too. I feel pleased. I don't. You know what? It's been a it's been a pretty annoying day today because you know the whole iPhone thing didn't go as as scheduled uh, no. for no woman's fault, uh, but it hasn't gone as smoothly as it needed to go, and. Um, uh, you know, and it's just frustrating when you've got stuff to get on with. But it's always nice to sit down for an hour, have a little chat about tech, and uh, you know, and throw that out into the internet. Absolutely, and we'll be back throwing things into the internet next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.